Welcome to Cinebiz Real Talk. I am your host, Joshua Pearson, here today with my co-host, Stanley Yang. We're here today to talk to you about engaging your audience through social media. This episode is brought to you today by Top Sheet Inc. Through our payroll and production management automation, we focus on making sets run smoother and more efficiently, getting your crew paid faster and keeping everybody happier. Our goal is to make sets fun again. Hey, Stanley, glad to have you back. Hey, glad to be back, Josh. Awesome. Again, we're here to talk about how to present yourself on social media and engage your audience. I know we touched a little bit on that last week, mm-hmm. uh, but that was just, you know, a little touch here. And today I just kind of wanted to dig a little deeper into the social media and engaging your audience. Mm-hmm. So I want to start again with a question to just kind of kick us off. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about this last week, but I kind of want to dig a little deeper into it. What platforms would you recommend to promote your brand? Yeah. Like specifically for the brand purpose more than anything else, what platforms would you prefer using? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So Josh, just to clarify with you, are you speaking about it as if we're promoting a movie, a product, or promoting a person? Actually, I would love to talk about both. Um, I do feel that they're both okay. very different. So if you can share a little bit about, like what we talked about last week, personal brand, which platforms to use, but also if you have a product coming out, yeah, how to present that on social media and how to engage your audience. I would be, I would love to talk about those. That's a, th- those are both so great. So starting from as a person building your brand, I would say like the best way to really, I mean, the first thing you really got to do is establish a website of some sort and really be able to build it all about you and talk about how you're different from you know other people who might be providing some kind of value. Like talk about some differentiating things and really highlight here's what you're all about and here's your mission and here's what you're trying to do. I would say like the starting point's really just starting from your always having that website in place that you can be able to talk about what you're about. Mm-hmm. That gives you the starting point for an online presence. The next step really when you're promoting a personal brand is keep doing putting out content that helps out other people. So you see this happening all the time. There's so many different coaching services and so many courses that people are trying to sell. The the reason why is they created an audience that they can monetize and then they can now sell things to people that trust them and like their brand. So I would say like a lot of times when you're building a personal brand, kind of focus it from a perspective like always finding a way to give value to people. Be the person that's like, you know, market yourself well, be able to deliver value to your end user, always be giving, doing more content. And that's how you kind of start from your website, put out tons of content on there, and then move over to YouTube as a personal brand. Start putting out videos there so people can actually see your face. They know what you look like. They can um, start connecting with you. They can start engaging with you and being able to like kind of feel like they know you. I think that's the interesting phenomenon with the video and screens and movie theaters in general. You feel like you know that person without ever meeting that person. So, you know, like, oh, yeah. you know way more about Brad Pitt than he knows about you, which is really weird. <laughs> yes. So, so it's kind of thinking. Well, it's like I'm sold on Hugh Jackman films, for example. Exactly. I mean, that guy's a phenomenal actor and a great singer. So I, there's no, <laughs> don't get me started on Hugh Jackman. But yeah, he um, is kind of think about that. It's like we know I know more about Hugh Jackman than he'll ever know about me unless I I meet him. We have, you know, a 10 hour dinner or something, but we'll never he'll never know me as well as I know him right now. Yep. And it's kind of interesting that kind of presence online that you can scale yourself with video. You can scale yourself with content. 
you know, you can scale yourself on Twitter and Instagram and all these other things. The, the key really is always being putting out valuable and intriguing content. What I've noticed a lot is like if people are posting on Twitter, they're posting all the time and they're consistently posting things that add value to people. So some people I really admire the way that they continuously post things that are valuable. They're constantly adding value to whoever they're talking to. So kind of the first step really is knowing what your audience looks like. Who are the people that you're going to resonate the most with? Because when you understand what that person looks like, yeah. you understand what the target audience really looks like and you know how to speak to a person. Yep. So Josh, like when you think about it, is it easier to speak? Would you speak differently to a 50-year-old lady as, you, as opposed to a 20-year-old man? Would you talk differently to them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so just thinking about that in that way and just like, who is the person that's resonating with you most? And how can you talk to that person in the way, you know, it's kind of like an analogy. If your audience is mostly 20-year-old men, figure out what they care about and then talk to them. Mm -hmm. And if your audience is really 50-year-old women, figure out a way to talk to them too. So really, the good thing about all these social media platforms is they give you breakdowns. They give you so much analytics. Mm -hmm. You can really see like who, what age groups, where do they live. You know so much about the people that your audience is based on the statistics that you've gathered. And that helps you be able to talk to them better. So for example, if I start seeing that I have a huge audience from the United Kingdom, maybe it's a good idea for me to start writing more in England English as opposed to American English. And maybe if I have a huge audience from South America, figuring out what that resonates with them more. Yeah. And really it's like once you know your audience, it's so much easier to know how to talk to them. The first step when you're putting things out there, you just kind of, keep hitting things, putting things out there and see what really sticks. Yep. And then once you kind of find what that sticking point is, be able to leverage that to building a brand that people can follow. Mm -hmm. And on Instagram, Twitter, all these things, again, really knowing how to use hashtags is super important yep. to reach the right people. Absolutely. And yeah, those, those platforms. It's all about target audience. Yeah. And those platforms are so good at interacting with um, people in general. You can have co like long conversations with people on social media nowadays. So really kind of just knowing that audience and knowing how to talk to them and then really doubling down on who you're resonating with the most. I think that's kind of the way I've seen people really build fan bases that love them without ever being on the movie screen. And, and um, it's, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that that's a really, really good point because for example, like I, that's one common mistake I see mm -hmm. not only in like indie filmmakers, but even some of the big studios. Yeah. They try to reach everybody yeah. and generally when people do that, they just fail because they don't know who their target audience is. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to cut down one studio or the other, but for like example, you know, it's it's the difference between like DC film and Marvel film or mm -hmm. DC TV and Marvel TV. Right. DC television shows have really figured out their audience, whereas Marvel television shows struggle there. And it's exactly the opposite right. when you look at their films. Mm -hmm. Marvel knows their audience, but DC struggles because it just feels like it's trying to reach everybody. Right. And in doing so, they've reached really almost nobody. <laughs> Not to cut them down. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the heroes. And like I said, the TV content they put out. Yeah. Honestly, I think they're... TV content superior, but it's oh, yeah. all about knowing your target audience. It's all about engaging the right people. And I feel like even as an indie filmmaker, all of your stuff, just like in a painter, for example, mm -hmm. their stuff has a certain feel to it. Like, you know, a Salvador Dali piece when you see one. Mm -hmm. 
uh, you know a Van Gogh. Yeah. Because it all has a piece of him. It has a feel. And as a filmmaker, we have that mm. in our work. Yeah. And so when you think about that, it's like whether you want it or not, you have a target audience before yeah. you ever put the first word on a page. Absolutely. Or even as a director, like your style of directing already has a target audience. Yeah. And so knowing that before you even do projects is a huge deal. Absolutely. And a lot of that comes from having, you know, a healthy social media presence. Mm. Like you need to be present. You need to be aware. We talked about it last week about, you know, engaging your audience and talking to them. And without that, how do you know who you're reaching when you make your product? Absolutely. You're, you're kind of playing in guess and check. Mm -hmm. But if you already have an audience built up and you can see who they are, mm -hmm. that's a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, even when we're starting Top Sheet as a company, you know, we're like, hey, mm -hmm. who's the person we're really trying to talk to, right? And then in the beginning, yeah. we are just like reaching to different places. But all of a sudden, it's like, hey, it's resonating with this specific audience. And that yep. clarified so many um, decisions about the company and the direction of the company and how we need to be able to build things that people care about. So like, I think kind of going back to the startup world in some sense, when we talk about, I think you segued into this a little bit. I really like this topic of uh, product marketing. Mm -hmm. It now ties into the fact that it's like you have to build something that is rapidly loved by a small amount of people in the beginning versus trying to build something that's so wide and then that almost nobody loves it that much. They just kind of like it a little bit, but they don't love it. So I think it's it's crazy because when you have people promoting your product without you ever telling them to, and they go around telling everyone about your product, you get so much business that you don't even, you know, you don't even know what to do anymore because you're gonna have consistent flow of income, a lot of business coming in just because people are saying great things about your company. Yeah. But on the other side, when people say bad things about your product or anything, at the same time, it's the inverse effect of that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of powerful how important it is to have a small group of people that just are in love with what you're doing versus 100,000 people that are just kind of like meh about your product yep. or who you are. So kind of like I love that DC and Marvel analogy because I concur with you. I loved, uh, as a kid growing up, I loved the DC cartoons mm -hmm. way more than Marvel. Like, in fact, I don't think I even watch any Marvel cartoons, really. Yeah. But then when I grow up, it's like, uh, I, I really loved the Christian Bale Batman. I thought that was one of the best uh, superhero series ever done. And then, but then later, it's like, hey, how come Marvel was able to put this universe in such a cohesive manner? Mm -hmm. that people are able to, they had a whole strategy that tied into it. They knew who they're resonating with. They knew who their rap people were. They knew, you know, who resonated with their message the most. It's like, hey, you know, really the people who are going to sell this movie are the comic book enthusiasts and then the people that know, hadn't read the comics growing up. We want to cater to that small subsection of people and they're going to tell everyone else about this. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting how that worked out. I mean, you need to create advocates. Advocates create other advocates. When you have people gung-ho over what you're doing, like what was talked about during the Napoleon Dynamite episode. Yeah. Like, and you mentioned the rat people again. I love that because <laughs> you mentioned that not everyone likes rats. Not They're, everyone that, likes rats. That's a small audience, but there are people that do. But when you- It's when a small you, audience. Yeah. But there is a small, rabid audience that loves rats. You know? <laughs> but, yeah. No, absolutely. But the crazy thing about that is too- is there's something contagious about it. Yes. For example, like 
you see a trailer for a movie and you're like, oh, whatever, whatever. Right. But all of a sudden, 10 people come to you going, no, you really got to see this film. It's amazing. Yeah. All of a sudden, you start changing your mind before you ever saw the film. You're like, there's got to be something to this. Correct. And you go to that film that you expected nothing of in the trailers. Yeah. With very high expectations and yeah. probably a very good chance you're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's those rat people. It's like, you know, even rat people can convince other people to become rat people. <laughs> right. But a rat can't convince you to become a rat person. No. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, Imagine a public perception changed overnight and everyone, like if the media and people, everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, look how adorable they are. And everyone's talking about it. Your mind will be changed yep. because they promoted this thing to be lovable, right? And to, like, you know, they promoted yep. instead of looking at them like a pest. You look at them as something very lovable, very cute. So exactly like what you said, the ability for people to become sneezers, which is a Seth Godin term of being infectious with ideas. Mm -hmm. Just like Inception, if I can infect you with an idea and you run with it and it becomes your idea, that becomes so powerful because then that drives everything else that you do. Like that belief becomes reality in some ways of an idea taking root and becoming infectious. And then you become a sneezer of that idea and philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I feel like a little bit of a rabbit trail, but necessary because there's a lot of good information there. Yeah. Just building that advocacy. And when you're when we're talking about what platforms to promote your brand, honestly, the more we're talking, the more I'm kind of thinking it really depends on what your brand is as to what platforms you should use. Absolutely. You're 100% right. Let's just take this example of like, If you're a very artistic person and the work that you do is very beautiful and very visual, Mm -hmm. but it's like maybe Instagram, maybe Twitter is a much, or even Facebook might be a better option for you than, you know, some other mediums than YouTube because your stuff is so artistic. Yep. But then maybe because your content is so good, you find ways that you can now record your drawing process and now put that on YouTube. I bet people would like that too. You know, you kind of, yeah. I think people need to start getting creative with how they do their personal brands. I love what you said. It really is circumstantial to what you're trying to do. Yeah. It's like, are you a good writer? Like you're, you know, for example, your wife, Erin, she's an excellent writer and her form of medium, you can tell how funny she is and how witty she is by the way that she writes. Yep. And, you know, she probably would be better on as a, on a, as a blogger than she would be, you know, as a Instagram person, right? Because she likes to write. Yeah. She tells stories. I I, I find that. Yeah. She, she likes telling stories and you know, if you're a great uh, visual storyteller, maybe YouTube is your channel to really tell good long form stories that people want to engage in and watch. So it really is circumstantial. And I, I'm a huge believer in consistency and really doubling down on what you're really good at. So if you're going to commit to doing YouTube, do a lot of YouTube videos. If you're going to do blogging, consistently blog over a huge period of time. You have to look at it like a five to 10 year plan. I think the problem today is most people want to get rich and famous in a week. They don't really want to put the hard work to getting rich and famous and getting prepared over a course of five, 10 years. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I'm a big advocate for promote yourself everywhere. But at the same time, you need to know your niche. Mm -hmm. You need to know where your big audience is and put most of your attention there, I feel like. Absolutely. Like if you're like a John Grisham of film writers, Mm -hmm. right? John Grisham writes these novels for lawyers and stuff. Like I would automatically assume my audience is LinkedIn. Yeah. It's probably not going to be Pinterest or TikTok. Like you're not going to find that (laughs) core audience. I mean, it could be, but then it would be reaching a different audience, right? Yeah. And not to say you shouldn't use those platforms. I'm sure there's some audience there, Mm -hmm. 
But at the yeah. same time, when you're looking at where is my key audience, mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet money that it's going to be at LinkedIn. Right. That's where you're going to find your business professionals. That's where you're going to find your lawyers. That's where you're going to find people very interested in that John Grisham style. Right. And so like just on that with dealing with social media marketing, what would you say some important practical steps are to starting your social media marketing? Like what are some first steps I can put into play today to get where I need to be in the next six months to a year? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, But it really just depends on what you're, I would, I would sit down for a moment and really observe your strengths and what you'll enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. So I find that, you know, for myself, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be the person posting scanning photos of myself on, yeah. on Instagram <laughs> or anything, you know, this is not how I'm going to be able to build influence, right? No one cares because <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I just don't look like Brad Pitt or anything. But at the same time, when you think about it, it's like, okay, so I enjoy writing. I enjoy, um, I think video making could be a great option. Yeah. There are things I enjoy doing. And I think there are things I can do for a very long period of time. Mm -hmm. So even right now, I'm challenging myself to write every week. So I'm doing at least, you know, I'm doing at least two to five pieces of content, written content every week. Nice. So even just kind of establishing that consistency and pattern and groove for myself, that's actually been paying off major dividends for me. You know, over a long period of time, I've been seeing that the content starting to resonate more with the right people. It's starting to find the right people. And it's it's uh, been a really cool journey in that regard. So I would sit down at the beginning, figure out what I want to be. So I, again, kind of back to the point of identifying what you're good at and also knowing what your ideal self looks like. Mm-hmm. So what do you want your life to look at in five years? Do you still want to be broke, penniless, and uninspiring? Or do you want to be the opposite where you're, you know, you're wealthy, independent, and you're uh, helping a lot of people out? Like, what kind of you do you want to be? So I, I always say, like, find that ideal self of what you want to be, and then keep driving towards becoming that person. Yeah. And to be honest, I think it's a, that person continue might change over time. It might evolve over time as the more we learn. Mm-hmm. Because as people, I mean, we're going to keep learning about what we like and don't like based on what we do. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we're going to keep learning lessons, right? It's never once and done. We're continuing to change and learn from what the world presents to us. But I think it's like, hey, you know, you set out for mission, uh, vision for yourself, and you're ch- constantly chasing to become that person. Every day you're getting closer, but... I don't think you ever, you know, that vision might get better and better. Like one day you're, you find yourself where you want to be five years ago, but then you're still chasing a new ideal self of yourself in the future. Absolutely. So yeah, like I would say, figure that out, figure out who you want to be, double down on what you enjoy doing, what you can be passionate about and what you can do consistently. Yep. If you're a person that's going to write post consistently every week. You know, yeah. say you're going to do at least two to two to five pieces of content a week. Absolutely. And when you start doing that, you're going to blow up on social media. I think that's fantastic. I was just mm-hmm. thinking about the fact that, you know, like something that I'm getting better at doing is content calendars and yeah. scheduling myself because honestly, organization's not been my best skill. And that's what I'm currently learning to get better at. Mm. And when you're talking about, you know, you're constantly learning what you like. I mean, yeah. I can think over the last 15 years, I have changed directions so many times. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's only been recently that I've really started being able to settle in. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 years ago, I wanted to be a high school band director. Like, <laughs> Right. I'm nowhere near that now. Mm-hmm. I, don't get me wrong. I love music. I've always loved music. But mm-hmm. the thing is, there's other things I learned that I love 
even more. Yeah. And then I got in, you know, I got into filmmaking and I started in camera department and transitioned over to line producing. And now I do, you know, payroll and education and mm. really educating and bringing people in. Like I love, I love what I do and I've been settling in, but it's, it's changed course a few times mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. And that's totally okay. But you mm-hmm. know, when you, when you find something to grind at, just like what you said, post consistently, mm-hmm. you know, what I was mentioning, make it calendared, like really just, mm-hmm. you got to have that grind and that drive. Yeah. Like it's, it's a huge mm-hmm. deal. And I guess from the point of view of a storyteller, you're still on your hero's journey of self-discovery in some ways. Mm-hmm. So the the way I always look at it in my life is I, I stop comparing against other people. And I start comparing just against myself yesterday and I start saying, okay, so I'm in this race of becoming to fulfill my hero's journey on earth. So what does that look like for me? Like what are the the what are the steps I need to take along this hero's journey to real to reach the ideal self of who you want to become? And I think we're all just in a, a you know, we're in a constant um stage of um uh, becoming who we want to be. And I think it's like fully committing to that as well. So I, I think what you mentioned on earlier, I think that's such a great point for young people, especially because, you know, we, we in our culture, we tend to move from one thing to the next. If it doesn't make us happy anymore, we just move on. But I think there's so, so much power in just finding that one thing and just being committed to that one thing. It's like, hey, when you can invest 100% of your energy instead of dividing it 50 different ways into all these other things, you're going to be really good at that one thing. So like just figuring out how it's like, hey, how can you create things that matter? How can you create things that help people? Like who do you want to become? And really finding your hero's journey along the ways. And like you said, you're going to make a ton of mistakes on the way there. Yep. But then you're still just in a constant stage of becoming and discovery. But as long as you've set out a mission and vision for what you want to become, you're really, you know, all this stuff, all the social media stuff that we're talking about, just kind of comes as a part of that you know when you're building your audience all those things will just work to work on top of what you've been doing to create that you know create that kind of presence for yourself online yeah and finding the people that resonate with you the most and when you're talking about like finding strengths for example you mentioned like you know my wife Erin she's a writer and uh Mm -hmm. she's probably better focused on blog posting than Instagram and I'd agree like you don't have to have the biggest personality right to make a brand to make an audience to make a platform on mm-hmm. on social media if you're a skilled writer write if you're a skilled photographer mm-hmm. use your photography like you can make a huge statement with that yeah if you're a skilled cinematographer make some awesome videos mm. if you have the big personality you have the charisma yeah get in front of that video i don't care if you're scared or not like fear ha- like mm. if you're talented at it and you're scared you know, look at your fear and say, screw you and do it. <laughs> right. The thing is, like, if fear is going to hold you back from something you're skilled at, you're not going to make it. I love that you talk about that. And I, I love what you're saying, because I, I think a lot of times we, we kind of focus on waiting for other people to give us a chance in some ways. Yep. When you could be creating your own opportunity today in some way. Mm-hmm. Exactly to your point. Let's say if you, even if you're an app developer, don't say, oh, no one gave me a chance to make an app. It's like you can make an app today, right? There's yep. no excuse for you not to be exactly. making 10 or 20 different apps and just putting it out there, like putting out value in some way. But then a lot of times we find excuses not to do these things because we're afraid and we're, we don't want to be judged. We want to go along with something that's more successful than we are. And, you know, it's even as a filmmaker, I don't think Casey Neistat waited for anyone to become a YouTuber no. to make his films, right? Like no one, 
He never waited for permission from someone to say, hey, you know, we're ready to shoot now. He just started doing it, right? Yeah, I mean. And uh, I think that's the thing about people that make their own destiny in some way. They never waited for people and they become way more valuable than if they just waited for someone else to say, hey, you know, we're ready for you to come and work on set now. Yeah. Or you're ready to work at Google now. Like they just kind of took their own opportunities and made their own luck in some ways. Yeah, exactly. It's like a lot of filmmakers wait to be given the opportunity to make some films so they can make a reel to get discovered. I'm like, why aren't you just making films to make your reel to get discovered? Mm-hmm. So what if you're not a director? Figure it out. Because the mm-hmm. the other point that I've I've learned is, should you play to your strengths? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But should you neglect the things you're not strong at? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Like, just because you're not strong at it, I mean, if you'd see a need, fill a need. So like if you if you're trying to create a project and you see a need and you don't have anyone there alongside you to come and help like let's say you know I'm a director but I don't have a cinematographer to make this project mm-hmm. figure it out fill the need don't let excuses stand in your in the way of you making progress to, towards your goal mm-hmm. if you learning something you don't want to learn will get you to your goal then learn what you don't want to learn mm-hmm. I mean yeah. I've done that plenty of times. I mean, you know for mm-hmm. you know full well that I mean I've taken on things that I haven't been skilled at just because I wanted to fill a need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I yeah, no, I'd say to that point is play to your strengths, mm-hmm. but don't just say, Oh, I'm not good at it, yeah. so I'm not gonna do it either. And to that point also, make it about you and not me. And at the end of the day, it's like, you know, the things that you do in your life, mm-hmm. it's all in service of other people in some ways. Yep. So basically meaning like start putting other people ahead of yourself. Oh, yeah. And learning to empathize with that person and being able to understand, hey, where are you coming from? Or how could I help you even more? Yeah. Because like you're never really at that final destination of where you really want to be. But it's like it's the mission in life that we pursue is always in constant service of other people. Yep. So finding out, I I think in our society, a lot of times it becomes very individualistic, which is, you know, in some ways it works. And but then it becomes so much about a me culture versus a you culture. And if you want to be someone that's providing value instead of consuming value, you need to start putting other people ahead of yourself and figuring out how can you provide value to that person? Yes. And how can you do it in a way that, you know, no one else is doing? Yes. So, yeah, like I think that's a really powerful part about learning to Being a content creator means that if you want to become big on social media, do something that provides value to that other person and stop thinking about yourself in some ways. Yep. You don't get rich by helping yourself. You get rich by helping other people. Yeah. Unless you're doing something very crooked or corrupt or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you can get rich just looking out for yourself. But really, when you put stuff out, it's always an experiment of how you can help others more. And you have, you know, it's always a consistent process of hypothesis and testing and the market's going to tell you really quickly how what it thinks about what you put out there. Yeah. <laughs> so again, it's really interesting to see that whole process because I think it's like, hey, stop taking the me mentality and start taking the you mentality of how can I help you first. Yeah. And to that point, I mean, whether it's on social media or in person, when you have that attitude, like what you're talking about, you're there to serve other people. I mean, that's every industry out there. Mm-hmm. The big industry companies that make it yeah. made it because they started by serving people first. Yeah. And so with that example, it's like if you're out there serving other people, whether it's online or in person, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's likely that they're going to come and serve you in your time of need or when you need help? Yeah, they'll be there. And not only that, but like, are they going to talk about the work you're doing when you're someone who constantly cares and serves people? Not necessarily saying do it for your own benefit, Mm -hmm. because I'm not, because not everyone will do that. 
but there are people that will serve you back when they, when you need it. Mm-hmm. And there are people that will talk about you in a good light yeah. and spread, you know, like we talk about with brand, they'll spread your brand. They'll spread your name because of mm-hmm. who you are in a good way. Exactly. And no, I think, I think that's a really, really good point. But, uh, yeah, I think that's about all the time we have for today. Uh, we're, uh, thank you again for coming in. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Man, I hope this has been helpful mm-hmm. to the audience. I hope you guys are enjoying these. Again, please reach out, comment, talk with us. We'd love to talk with you as well. And to that, yeah, everyone have a great week. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Again, Cinebiz Real Talk has been created and brought to you by Top Sheeting. We are an automated payroll and production solution. We have apps and online software to help make film better. If you have any questions, please go to topsheet.io. Jump into our chat. We're here to help. Everybody stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon.